When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler, and on this occasion, I am joined by Joel Sked. Hello, and Gary Cocker. You forgot my name for a second there. I'm just tired. That's fair enough. I'm always it's, tired. It's been a while since we've been sat around this table. Yes, we're back in my house rather than the Scotsman Towers. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, I was supposed to be off today, although I did spend three hours in the office. Why was that? Uh, I can't really say the main reason why I was there, but then it was also you think it was because of McLeish, it wasn't. Oh, uh, that, was, that was my work. That was a good attempt at a link there, but it's been totally blown apart. It was apart. just wrong, though. Yeah. We have to give the people the truth. Uh, yeah, no, that wasn't the reason why I was there. Um, I could probably say, can I? Yeah, it was there for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. I was, we were there to do an interview. Um, and then... About the, the uh, TV, TV show. show adapted from the podcast. And, well, which will be out next week. And then we... Uh, sorry, then I uploaded... This is riveting stuff, by the way. <laughs> riveting stuff. Yeah, we're going to stuff. I've done work for the Patreon, that was basically, and then I made an arse of some of it and had to redo it, and then I made an arse of some more and had to redo that as well. So I was in my fucking office for three hours when I was my day off. Don't worry, the season will be over soon. Yeah, and then the next one starts in about six weeks later. And we also go to France to watch more <laughs> football. It's just like that uh, thing from the Mitchell and Webb look, you know, <laughs> football, it never ends, <laughs> never ending football. <laughs> Fucking is. Anyway, thank you for listening. 
Right, we're going to get to top 12 wingers in Scottish Premiership right now, but before then, we shall briefly talk about Alex Lewis, who has been sacked as Scotland manager. I had a special reaction with Patreon earlier today, so I'm not going to say too much on this, but I'll just get your guys' opinions. Joel? Joel just shrugged his shoulders. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll try to expand. Not before time. Uh, I think I had a read through the SFA statement, and it was at least an acceptance of reality. Um, which was, I don't think anybody thought that Alex McLeish was going to get us to the Euros in 2020, and now is probably the best time to get rid of somebody, because even if we do still fail to come out of our qualifying group, we've got the Nations League semi-finals next? March, I think. March, yep. Um, so whoever comes in will have enough time and enough games with different players to work out what to actually do. Yeah, because yeah, the, the defeat to Kazakhstan all pretty much ended Scotland's chance of finishing in the top two. It would take uh, well, need, a very good... We neither need to... We need to cause a couple of shocks. Yeah, we need to beat Russia at home. And probably... that's, that's not a shock, but we'd probably have to win in Russia and take points off for perhaps win uh, against Belgium. Right, beat and Belgium and Russia at home and avoid defeat away to Russia, probably. Yeah. So I think the pleasant surprise is that... The, the SFA actually... Yeah. It's, it's, it, had to, it had to come... Should have done a lot sooner. The way it's been handled, the way the whole thing has going back to his appointment has been handled has just been uh, been a shambles. That I think looking at the reaction today, there's largely relief that McLeish had gone, but also most of the criticism res- most of the criticism was reserved for the SFA and the fact that they put him in that position mm-hmm. where he's clearly not capable to do that job because he has been a failure for seven years. Six, seven years. I think he had his time. He was an excellent manager with Hibs, uh, the start of kind of Birmingham Rangers, and his first spell at spell at Scotland. But the whole thing is a shamble. Thank God it's over. But another another shambles is soon to be upon us. <laughs> yeah, sure. but just a, just a, just another black mark in Scottish football's history. No, I mean not a lot of black marks in history, but just uh, black mark in the in, in the national team's recent history. I don't want to give away too much of the Patreon because people pay for that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did say I think it'll prove to be the worst, single worst appointment Scott, the SFA have ever made to the Scottish national team. See, <laughs> but the thing is, when you do that, you're basically laying down a challenge yeah, for them yeah. to appoint somebody else. <laughs> um, I mean, if you have a look at the name... Malky! Malky, in you come. Um, you've already been fitted anyway. Um, yeah, there's Malky Mackay's been mentioned. I think Scott Gemmell's been getting a bit of uh, talker in the water cooler as well. And David Moyes is another name. Paul Lambert, who has just led Ipswich to relegation. So it's sort of a list. Gordon Strachan's mooted as well. He's one of the favourites. Yeah. Surely not. Uh, I mean, Malky Mackay would be be funny. The only way the SFA can harm their reputation more is by reappointing Strachan or appointing Malky Mackay. Maybe Billy Davis? (laughs) God. The, the one name that's been featured, and I think it's just a case of people going, well, he was an international manager and he's not in the job at the moment, is Slavin Bilic, who would at least be interesting. But I'm at the stage with Scotland where I want them to do something a bit... Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so either appoint someone you know incredibly young who's not got that much experience, somebody at the start of their career, like England did with Southgate, essentially. Ian Cathro. <laughs> or appoint somebody who has never had any contact with Scotland which might actually be quite a good thing because then they might come in and... I thought we were going just... to say no contact with outside world. I was going to say or Ian Cathro. would be another one that would uh, fall into the same category as Strachan and Malcolm McKay, but for differing reasons. 
the Slavon Bilic. I mean, in terms of SFA taking up, um, kind of a, the SFA. What's the, <laughs> how to put this? How to put this without getting myself out of trouble? <laughs> the SFA damaging the reputation anymore in terms of in, in the eyes of fans if they were to point Ian Castro after McLeish. Okay, it's the same way that right, uh, right, did okay. Malcolm McKay or Gordon Shrak. Yeah, I'm going to move on. <laughs> what, what I would really enjoy is that one of the two of you would undoubtedly be commissioned to write an in-defence of Ian Cathro's appointment piece. No, 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 not anymore. <laughs> I've written mine, and it's, uh, it's... I want to take it down on the, the Even News website. <laughs> no, I was going to say about Billich is one thing I think a Scotland manager needs now is to be likeable and engaging. Strike and split opinion... McLeish uh, kind of brought United United opinion, but in the wrong way. So, I mean, Bilic would certainly fall into the category of interesting. But again, there's there's plenty of options out there if Scotland, if the SFA do their due diligence and do a bit of kind of looking around and research on on the continent or further afield, which they didn't seem to do the first time around because they put all their eggs in Michael O'Neill's basket and uh, he just chucked the basket out the window. Kept the eggs. Right, let's get on to the wingers. Looking at your, I've just just seen your list, and oh boy, there's some, uh, there's going to be some other interesting debates. Uh, right, yeah. uh, can we start with the guys who didn't make our list? Yes. Right, so, I see. I saw your list, I saw, I saw it's quite high, or at least reasonably high. Uh, Matty Kennedy's not on my list, and this is purely because I think Matty Kennedy is better as a number 10. Right. than he is as a winger. Um, he's kind of been seen as a career winger, so that's why he's included in this section rather than forwards or, or attacking midfielders. But I, I just, I'm not quite as impressed with him when he plays in the flank. I think when he plays as a number 10, his technique and his creativity kind of is, can be brought to the full more because he's got more space to manoeuvre with. Uh, he can also score goals for that position as well. As, a, as an out-and-out winger, I just don't really see him as that much of a threat. And that's why he's second not most crosses and the second most dribbles in the league. The, he is also St Johnson's. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a great thing about having Wise Guy open at this point. He is also the uh, top goal scorer for St Johnson. Yeah, so, but I think most of those goals have come through. He's played through the centre. Yeah. Um, the I know that this doesn't really count as evidence given who he was up against, but in the last game that St Johnson played against Dundee, he was played out on the left left against James Horsfield, and just. Ended him. The fact that he had to bring Cammy Kerr back into the yeah, into the he, he caused somebody to be dropped for Cammy Kerr, which shows you um, it was just absolute. Every time I've seen him, he's just caused sheer torment out on the wing. He would have been so he is on my list, but not. He also would have been on number thirteen if I if if it was thirteen. So it's just missed out. I uh, also don't have Rory McKenzie. Nah, no. Uh, like McKenzie, like he's a trier, I just don't think he's necessarily that. Talented. First half of the season wasn't very good either. Yeah. I can't believe he's only. 25? 25, yeah. I've also left off Goli Aribe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's decent a bit, player. Decent player. Came in halfway through this season. I mean, I've got players on, on here that have only really impressed the second half of the season, mm-hmm. but he's not put the numbers on the boards that uh, other players have uh, yeah. in the same amount of time. And I think it wouldn't spoil anything to say that there's another winger from Motherwell yeah. who he is perhaps uh, mm-hmm. been in the shadow of. I've also not got Conor McLennan. No. I have him just off the list, but I'm sure that this time next year he will be on the list. He's yeah. only 19. 
I, I see, he's certainly made my lo- uh, certainly my long I like, list. I like that he's big for a winger. He is very positive. Just looking, uh, he's got the most most attempted dribbles uh, per ninety minutes in the league. Mm-hmm. Strong, he's strong. Works works well defensively. Kind of talking myself into putting putting him in the list. However, my biggest, I think he'll be in the list next season. Perhaps my biggest uh, player, the biggest players or the most noticeable player who's not on my list is Niall Wigan. Oh wow. I don't have him on my list either. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, have you been? Have you been kind of uh, drinking? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> have you been swayed by his, his recent form? Yeah, probably. Because I his recent form and historic form, historic form. Yeah. Because a lot of that in the middle has not been very good. <laughs> no, it's not. That's why I, I've got another. I've got another Aberdeen winger in, and again, he's actually, he's actually quite low. Right. Okay. So I'm not. Over the, over this season, I've not been impressed by Aberdeen's uh, wingers mm-hmm. as a whole. Gary McKay Steven had a great start to the season. Niall McGinn had, for large parts, has been the same player that kind of was the same player that left Aberdeen, who was seemed to be on the wane, even though he, was, he still was up, comes up with crucial moments, which which he does. And McLennan again, two cents. I like him. I like his build. I like his approach to wing play. But he just missed it. Okay. Uh, anybody else you guys uh, don't have? One other guy that I didn't have on the list purely because I've not seen enough of him, but I believe he's had a very good season, is Michael Gardine, Ross County. Oh, we're just doing premiership. Are we? Well, oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, my number 12 was just shoved, shoehorned in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for great radio. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Both of us just looked at Gary's list. I'm going to make an honourable exception, I think. Um, yep, don't have him. I don't have Jake Mulraney on my list. That's fine. Yeah, it's completely fine. Yep, he's had like three good games. Um, <laughs> I didn't have Andre Wright either, which it's actually a little bit unfair because there's a couple of players I've got on who have missed out portions of the season. I well, funny you should say list, that. But starting at number twelve, my number twelve is Dre Wright. Why did he sneak into yours? Because he's bluff, he's been left off mine and Gary's. Uh, because I have not quite punished him for not punished him fully for being injured. Yeah, uh, it, maybe I should have done because he did get a, it was a bad knee injury, so he might not be the same player ever again. But we hope that's not the case because he very much impressed in the first half of the season with St. Johnson. If you look at the Dumf- uh, Dumf- if you look at the St. Johnson fans forum. Uh, they have they're one of the ones they do the running tab on man of the matches. Oh, okay, that's so good. that's quite handy. They tally up for like then player of the year, mm-hmm. and like Dre Wright's still in like the top three because they got that many man of the match oh, like votes in the first half of the season. He was their best player before he got injured. I've got to say there is absolutely no question if uh, he was fit for the whole season, mm-hmm. even if he he tailed off a little bit, he would, he would be definitely in my top twelve. Just missing so much of the season. And the fact that there's not that historical evidence you talked about yeah. him again. However, I've got to say I am I was hugely surprised when he turned out to be really good because he's one of those players that he's arrived from lower leagues in England. You look at his history and think, mm, that's that's not going to work out. But it has I know I don't think he's seen that Wright said he's not going to be back until back until August, which is just a shame because he's yeah. even got that pre-season to really build into. He's a very very fast, very direct. Um, works hard. Good build for a winger as mm. well. Again, not a, not another winger who's slight. So when bigger defenders go at him, he can he can hold his own. He's not easily pushed off the ball. And yeah, it is a shame. But and they allowed Kennedy to play central. Yeah. Right, number twelve. I'm going for Chris Burke. 
Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> I, I brought him significantly higher on See, the list. when we've done the centre midfielders, uh, Craig Anderson was having a go at me for having Alan Powerful low, and you had him quite high, so he was pleased with you. I think he's going to be the other way about this thing. Most likely. I, I've, there's been a few occasions where I've wanted to write about Chris Park and just how he's having a kind of Indian summer. He shaved his hair, he, he looks a lot older, but he he really delivers for Kilmarnock. Very consistent, very trustworthy. It's noticeable that he's... Him and Mackenzie have been played over Jordan Jones, who is higher on my list, that towards the end of the season because Clark's went back to re- that reliability. He's been scoring goals, he's been assisting. Perhaps, probably, probably should have him higher. But I think... We were talking off off here that there was not a lot of choice for wingers, but I mean having him twelve, there's decent wingers in that league. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean for me the reason I've gone quite a bit higher is he has a. You can least, get to that at the time. Yes, I who's, can. who's your number twelve? <laughs> My twelve is Bobby Lynn. I don't care if this is supposed to be Premiership. The man scored twenty one goals in thirty one games, including at least one from a corner. Direct <laughs> might have been helped by the wind at Hayfield, and uh, he's got six assists. He's an absolute shoo-in for League One Player of the Year. Um, I know it's ridiculous to have twelve, but given that we're talking about best wide midfielders, I thought given the incredible seasons he's had, he should have get a little menchy. I mean, not Conor McLennan off the list. So. <laughs> There you go, Aberdeen I fans. just want that to be my Gar- Gary knocked your, your boy off the list for Sunday in League One. Who, just, did, who did he knock off this thing? Connor McLennan for okay. Bobby Lynn. Uh, right, so my number 11 is Jake Hasty. Same. I have him on my list slightly higher. Okay, the reason I've got him a wee bit lower is because it's just a very small sample size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the top flight until January. He's been very good in some games. He's got incredible natural talent. He just needs to... Show that on a more regular basis as most young players. It's not even really much of a criticism because he's young, you've got to expect it. Um, but what he has shown is a good pace. Uh, the fact that Did he's you a... once compare him to Gareth Bale? Yes, he yeah, does remind me a lot of Gareth Bale um, because he's big, he's fast and he could ping it for distance. He's come up some, especially obviously in the second half of the season because he spent the first half on more Aloe Athletic where he didn't shine as brightly as he, as he has with Motherwell but he's Provided a few eye-catching moments, mm-hmm. and he is that exciting player to watch. However, he's like I said, he's, he's that winger who's inconsistent. Uh, he kind of drifts in and out of games. Whereas you got David Turnbull, who we've had a lot higher in our midfield list yes. because mm-hmm. he is more. He's, he's he's omnipresent. He's everything. A lot of things flow through Motherwell, whereas Hasty's on the periphery at times. Mm-hmm. But isn't that the sort of curse of the wide midfielder? Yes. That they have games where they're absolutely on fire and he scored, I think, 6 and 12 for Motherwell. Um, and then games where they're just totally... Yeah, it's probably just... It's, it's just a small sample. Yeah, a small sample. And that could go one of two ways. It could be just flash in the pan and maybe, you know, people will work out how to handle him. And then you'll look at that and go, well, he had one great half season and that's it. Or it could be the start of something beautiful. So I've gone very slightly higher. And you like a left-footed winger who plays on the right as well. God, it's usually the other way about. Is it? I don't think. Yeah. You usually get a right-footed winger playing on the left. Because it's more because right-footed it's, wingers. Yeah. If you've got a yeah, left yeah, foot, yeah, you, you may as well play on the left. That's true. Uh, number 11, Gary? Number 11, I've gone with Gary Mackay-Steven. 
Who well, else? I see that you're, you're, see that you're <laughs> probably significantly I've only, higher. I've only got a wee bit higher. Yeah, um, I think as you were saying earlier, Joel, I think Aberdeen's wingers haven't really um, impressed so much this season, partly maybe because uh, Max Lowe on the left has provided that outlet slightly better uh, for GMS. I think he would be higher if he'd had the whole season. Um, but obviously he's uh, been out for significant portions of it. So he has actually played 19 games uh, for Aberdeen. So that's the reason I've got him fairly low. Again, like we were talking about, I think he can be quite inconsistent. Um, you know, Sometimes he's accused of being a bit of a YouTube player uh, rather than someone that contributes throughout. So I do feel a little bit bad having him that low because when I initially started making the list, I thought I would have him maybe more about the six, you know, top six, top seven mark. But then as players came in, I thought, no, they've got to be higher, they've got to be higher. So you've got them significantly yes. higher. I might play around with my list as we go through this. <laughs> uh, I may as well, I've only gotten a couple of places higher, so uh, I've just touched on Gary, what, I agree with what, a lot of what Gary says. I'm surprised that, looking at it, he's only scored four goals in the league. He missed a big chunk with concussion and yes. chunk mm-hmm. with uh, calf problems. Now, he started the season really well. Mm-hmm. He was... He looked like he was going to be Aberdeen's key attacking threat for a large part. Of, for the early part of the season, he was. They were, mm. they were only really attacking threat. He looked like he was on the cusp of being more consistent, delivering more assists, being being more reliable in the final third. Again, that's just not transpired. And for too long, we've been waiting for Gary McKay Stephen to explode and have this have a spell where he dominates. He has rather than debating whether he's we're about in the list is that he's effectively one of the best three in the league mm-hmm. and it looks like he'll be leaving at the end of the season so I think it's going to be a case of GMS and Scottish Premiership or what if Number 10 I've got Johnny Hayes I don't have him on my list I'm a wee bit higher wee bit higher uh, so Gary why have you left off Johnny Hayes you mentioned him at the start so you forgot him didn't you I absolutely forgot about his existence which funnily enough is he what played Bre- the League Cup final on fucking Sunday what a penalty I was going to say that's exactly what Brendan Rodgers did but don't you're all weak um, <clears throat> yep I'll be honest I just totally forgot to put him in I have nothing more to add I mean, he's, he's only played he's only played thirteen times in in the league. Yeah, um, I think it'd be quite easy to to be fair without forgetting him completely. I think otherwise it'd be quite easy to leave Johnny Hayes off the list because he's not really starred overall since he's gone to Celtic. It's been a, a disappointment overall. However, I think we've seen for some of his recent performances that he definitely does still have some of the ability that made him such a star player with Aberdeen, and the fact that he gets on my list is pretty much just you know that historic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ability they had when he was I think we might have had him number probably number two I think we had him like some his, his, last, had his one, last season at Aberdeen yeah, some, behind Sinclair I'm yeah. sure it would have been yeah, yeah I think you're right he was definitely I think it was it was obvious that we were the first two in that season actually looking at these he's played just over 800 minutes this season maybe <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have been honest. I know but when I've watched him I've been impressed with him at Celtic even when he's played as a left wing back or he's been more more reliable than uh, Emilio Izaguiri he's still got that he's still got that acceleration the game knowledge the, the game intelligence which he showed when he was playing in the variety positions for Aberdeen Neil Lennon uh, likes likes look at him trusts him and then I'll think back to Derek McInnes was linked to bringing him back to Aberdeen. If he was at Aberdeen, who, would he be their number one winger? I think he would be. 
My number 10 is somebody we discussed a little bit at the start, Matty Kennedy. Okay. Yes, as I said, top goal scorer for St. Johnson. Um, the games that I've seen him in for 90 minutes have admittedly been against a shite team, but he was out on the wing for those, and he just looked like the archetypal small, tricky winger that gets kicked up and down the park, and he was kicked up and down the park <laughs> in both those games when he wasn't absolutely skinning uh, our right back. Um, six goals, two assists in 32 games. It's not a great return compared to some of the people higher up. Uh, and obviously, he's he had a bit of a patchy start to his career. So he's not got that sort of... Uh, cur- the currency that others... I think he's literally... There are things well. I think he's only really played brilliantly this season for about a three-month stretch, yeah. and most of that came through the middle. But if you have a look at... Uh, if you sort of ignore the fact that you know, he has played in different positions. If you look at St. Johnson's attacking threats, he has been the yeah the most consistent one, mainly because he's actually played, I think, all but one of their games this season. Um, Do the ball, if, then. Yeah, and if you have a look at, you know, obviously, uh, Tony Watts being in and out, Chris Kane is Chris Kane. Yeah. Um, David Watherspoon is... David all, Watherspoon? Yeah, but he's... Yeah. They're all, just, they're all just their names. I was going to go through the St. Uh, Johnson team and just say they are there. <laughs> Joe Shaughnessy is Joe, Joe Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy. No, there is something, that's maybe the issue with St. Johnson. There is players, they're, sorry, there are players who have been more, who are providing more in uh, previous seasons that you expect of them, like David Witherspoon. Might not be a world beater, but you can know what to expect. However, this season, he's played far too much uh, for what he has delivered, effectively. Whereas Matty Kennedy is... A wide man or forwards, he has had struggles in his career, even though he was, there's no doubt about his talent. He's came on and exploded at St. Johnson. He's been picked up the mantle, really, from Dre Wright going out injured. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I've got. I might talk about him a little bit more because I've got him a bit higher. Uh, who's your number 10? Martin Boyle. Oh, I, fuck. I completely I forgot about him. Yeah, now, I was looking at your list and I didn't see him and I wondered <sighs> if you were going to make some big argument about it. I have him slightly higher on <laughs> That's been coming back to me because I'm slagging <laughs> you off for getting Johnny Hayes. Although Johnny Hayes was playing at the weekend. Martin Boyle was not playing since December. Martin Boyle started 18 games in the league. One less than Gary McKay Stephen and a lot more than Johnny Hayes. <laughs> I... I need to add him because he'd be much... be much higher than most. <laughs> he... <laughs> he was, he was much higher, and I'm, I'm actually all like I'm swelling relative by bump him up ahead of uh, ahead of. Actually, I am I'm 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 putting him. He's not, he's, he's not your number ten. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> my, my number ten is my number ten is Gary McKay Stephen. Okay. I've, I've talked about Mr. Yeah, 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 sorry. Right. So, uh, so I need it right. Gary, say some words while I'm rejigging my... Who's your nine? The difficulty is my nine's been discussed already a little bit. Jake Hasty. Um, okay, have you got anything to add to I will. No, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not helpful in the slightest. But I will recap very quickly. Um, I mean, six goals, one assist in 12 games. He has only, as you said, played in the Premiership this uh, side of the winter break. But I Joel, think Joel that... you made some very good points about now again, so... In the spirit of just making this easy myself, he's just been bumped to fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone from eight to nowhere. <laughs> I'm gonna, have, I'm still gonna have to do some rejigging to boil a wee bit higher. Right, keep, keep going, Gary. What was I saying about Jake Hasey again? Um, yeah, that was it. I think he could go on to great things. I think we all recognise that David Turnbull and everyone sort of lumps the two of those players together. Hasey and Turnbull 
because they came into the team at the same time, everybody recognises that Turnbull will be absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, he's signed this new contract with Motherwell. He's going to be there for a couple of years more, and then he's going to go on to whatever he goes on to. He say I don't think he's signed a new contract. No, not yet. yet. So that's he um, so that's is still a wee bit up in the air. So he is still being linked with Rangers. There's been a lot yeah. of interest from Championship sites down south, of course, and he is available for effectively going to be four hundred grand. Interestingly, um, because of the sorry the, the compensation or yeah. my uh, my father-in-law was sitting at the of course a motherwell fan motherwell fan big motherwell fan is Keith and he was sitting oh, next. Keith. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's there you go. Um, what a small world. Small world. <laughs> two keys. Uh, <laughs> like how you're desperately filling here while you, while you play havoc with your list. Um, and he was sitting at, I can't remember which game it was, but uh, the guy next to him asked him who Motherwell's number, whatever Casey's number is. Um, and he was saying, oh yeah, he looks like a really good player. And apparently the guy was there on behalf of Rangers. Oh, right. So... So it's, was, it's your uh, so father-in-law's fault that you might be getting moved to Rangers. I've told him that, and okay. he's not very happy with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just said, "Oh, that uh, that's uh, that's Chris Cadden, who is nowhere near my list, and I know that he's David Considerum. Uh, no, yeah. me either. Someone, someone might be talking. Someone might be talking about him on a view from the terrace at eleven p.m. on BBC Scotland tomorrow evening. Oh, what a nice little hint that is. Mm-hmm. A teaser. So your nine was Jake Hasty. Yes. My nine is Johnny Hayes. I've, I've touched on Jake. Yeah, my Hayes. nine is Jordan Jones. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I don't really. In terms of Jordan Jones signing for Rangers, I don't think he's a good signing. I agree. Yeah, that's what we're with my point. There's, there's, I think there's two Jordan Jones. A Jordan Jones who is an excellent player for Kilmarnock would be a good. Signing for Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, where Rangers want to go. Yeah. I don't think he can take them there. I think he's just. I mean, I mean we're going to say this, going to repeat ourselves so often, talk about players who are in and out in terms of form. But I think Jordan Jones is maybe the one of the worst for that in the league. Most inconsistent, yeah. Yeah, uh, I do have him a little bit higher, probably on the basis of what he's done in previous seasons mm. more than this season. Uh, on the Rangers point. Jamie Murphy is still at Rangers, isn't he? But he's just out yeah. for this season. Oh, yeah, he's not on my list because he's been out the whole season. I don't think. I don't Sorry think. To keep doing this to you. I don't think you can put Jamie Jamie Murphy on. No. Um, but, yeah, that's fine. But, <laughs> he's missed the vast majority of the season, yeah. despite how good a player he is, and no doubt if he played, he would be on this list. But my question is, when Jordan Jones goes to Rangers, well, it depends. If I mean Murphy is got to be approaching thirty, is he not? Yeah, I think so. I think he is uh, 29 30 at the start of next season, I believe. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, a, start of next season. A major knee injury when you're just turning, just about to turn 30. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think we can uh, uh, not assume, but I think we can maybe take a guess that Jamie Murphy might not be quite the same player. There, there's a, I think there's a wider point to talk about Rangers in terms of just their players as well, especially their white players. You've got Jamie Murphy. That you you have to question about his age and his his injury issue this season and how that will affect him. And then you've got Jones, who is very inconsistent. Ken might be away. Candace, also going to we're going to talk about him. Morelos going away. There's a wider issue. Really. Rangers are are not overly they're not well placed at the moment to put a challenge to Celtic. And I also just back to Jones. I think he's not played well with the exception of that goal against Rangers he's not played well since the move went through mm-hmm. to Ibrox mm-hmm. he's even been left at the team recently and he's only played twice he's only started two of the last six games yeah so if you're making Kelly we know as well since since Stuart left I've had problems with creativity and, and kind of options in the final third and if you're 
being that poor that you're making yourself, you know, unplayable uh, and not in the good sense, then I don't necessarily. I mean, you could say it's oh yeah, it's because I've got these eye on a move on his move to Rangers, but I mean that's not that's not a good thing. That doesn't get you the benefit of the doubt. You don't deserve the benefit of the doubt for that. So that's why I've I've punished them by knocking them down at nine. <laughs> he is. I was about to say something, but I completely forgot my point. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my number eight is Daryl Horgan. Snap. Ah. There we go. Got him higher. Got him higher. This may seem like going off recent form, but I've always been quite impressed by Daryl Horgan whenever he's played in a wide role, and I found it quite weird that Hibs fans didn't really seem to rate him until, it, well, yeah. until he slammed two goals past Terps in the derby, really. Yeah, because uh, he scored against Dundee, and it would have been, it was the game that Jin Serik Kasunga scored an own goal within 45 seconds. And he was very impressive that day. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to have to watch out for this guy. But then he seemed to be coming in and out of the team a little bit, which I know is not unusual for Hibs players in the Lennon era. Um, uh, diminutive wigger, but he's got a good centre of gravity. He can go in and out. He's got quick feet. And he's displayed a really good technique while shooting, I think, as well. Uh, you can see it with the goal he scored against Hearts. He also done very well earlier in the season with a goal against Liverpool. Livingston in a a 2-1 defeat uh, where he just kind of passed the ball into the far corner but kind of with the outside of his boot it was very very nicely taken Mm. Uh, and he's I always thought in the derby just before New Year I thought he was his best player and I was delighted when they took him off uh, because Mm. he was just ripping Marcus Godinho up for arse paper but for whatever reason, most house fans after the game were like, nah, I thought it was crap. They just seemed to think he was rubbish until, like I said, until very recently. I will have to talk about him. Okay. My number eight is Martin Boyle. I've got him higher. Yeah, I... I <laughs> well, no, I did. <laughs> when I started the list, when I started the list, I had him, I had him higher. I was like Swither Miller to have him considerably, considerably higher. However, the start of the season, he played a few games through the middle and... That kind of affected his game, but also helps in, in general because they didn't have this flying winger. The, what he was able to provide in that three-five-two they had last season under Neil Lennon. So they had to times play Stephen Whitaker in there, and you know how bad he is. He got a, he played up until end of January. Got a really bad injury. It's effectively ruled him out for the season. I don't yeah. know if he's going to he's going to come back. However, he. By the time he's left, he was still putting incredible numbers on the board. He's still uh, sitting high in terms of the, the, the stats. Well, he comes to dribbling, crosses. It's just, it's just a constant danger. Even if he's playing, uh, if he's if he's having an off day, the speed, acceleration that can take him away from from defenders, moving in field, he was becoming more of a goal threat. And uh, you just still got to go laugh, uh, got to go back and laugh at the swap deal that Dundee had. Over. I was going to mention that he was swapped for Alex Harris. Brilliant. What's he now? I think he's in Indonesia. No, I think he's, he, I could be totally wrong. He, he qualifies for he, he qualifies for a uh, unusual international team. I think he's been playing. Yeah, I think he's been playing. He's been playing in Ireland. Oh, he's, uh, York, he's with York City, and he can. So, he, he's, he's Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. <laughs> so not Indonesia, York. Great, good research. And not Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) Sorry, not Indonesia, Trinidad and Tobago. It might be an Indonesian holiday. Yeah, that might have been. Yeah, you actually just said I think he's an Indonesian now. You never said he was playing for a club there. (laughs) Uh, Right, my number seven. I think we've been through all the eights. Yes. You want to add anything about Horgan? No. Uh, Number seven, I've got Chris Burke. 
I have him slightly higher. If my phone cooperates with me, yes, it will. I have Martin Boyle at seven. Uh, Burke, I can't really add anything to what Joe said earlier, except for the fact that he t- talks about consistency. Burke is a consistent winger. Mm, yeah. I think it comes with the fact that he is, uh, you know, in his thirties and he he has you know all the all the skills, all the tangibles that you pick up through the years of just being experienced playing at a, a quite a high level as well. And yeah, just intelligent, works hard, helps keep the shape of the team, never lets them down. I've got him slightly higher. The only thing I would add is that when I was compiling this, if I wasn't quite sure where to put people, I was using their sort of goals and assists. It was a bit of a tiebreaker, and I was really surprised because he's scored four goals, so that's a, roughly about what most of the people on the list have scored. But he's actually uh, had eight assists in 30 games, which is higher than everybody bar the number one. You'd probably say oh, that, that Kelly have three players in their team who you're absolutely guaranteed of getting at least a 7 out of 10 performance every week. I would say him, Alan Power and Greg Taylor. Yeah. You can even potentially chuck in Stephen O'Donnell. He can have some... Yeah, Stuart Finlay at times. Yeah. Daniel Backman as well. Yeah. 7 out of 10 team. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to like that. <laughs> right, who's your 7? My 7 is Jones... The reason he's slight, I completely agree with everything he said, and I do have concerns about him as as a winger with, with Rangers. But what he is, Kilmarnock, he's, he's the potential to be a match winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing I know there was a, there was that pause earlier on. I was trying to think of what I wanted to say. It was going back to the Hibs game where he had that chance against Martian, uh, chance against Hibs. Marciano made a good save, but I think he's a type of player who you've got to question his attitude. Because, like you said, since he's signed, scored that goal from Rangers, signed the contract, he's drifted out, and you can see that with Steve Clark taking him out of the team. But also, Kelly fans were booing him mm-hmm. at, uh, or, or that evening. It could be a case with, and this is another case, to turn it into a Rangers podcast, that Ranger, <laughs> uh, Stephen Jarrett should be worried that he signed Glenn Kamara, down tools at Dundee, went to Rangers. Yeah, fantastic. That's true. Yeah. But. It's but they're signing Glenn Kamara and Jordan Jones who can do this, but are those the type of players you want when you're in a title race with Celtic and things are get pressure's getting on you, things are getting tough. And don't forget Greg Stewart. Oh he yeah, might yeah, be exactly. signing for Rangers as well. <laughs> Surely no. Um Right, Gary, who's your seven? Uh my seven was Martin Boyle. Right, okay. Who we've covered, and six is Jordan Jones. Anything you want to add to Jones? The only thing I'd add is that he's one of those wingers who is absolutely terrifying when he's running at your defence. Yes. Um, because you see the defence, they're not, they don't even go to make the challenge because they know that he'll just move his feet quickly and get past them. And it doesn't so help when he dives. No, it absolutely <laughs> does not. Um, you got Neil McCann's sack. Shocking, shocking. It wasn't anything to do with the tactics or game management or anything. That's probably going to end up um, really getting used in the end. Yeah. Just nah. that. I mean, <laughs> Dundee had won like what once in seven under Neil McCann, so I'm not sure that day. That, like, Jones <laughs> might have done him a favour. Like, I've been listening to the sports sound, he was on the verge of turning it around. Oh, right, okay. I, I don't want to, uh, for once, be on brand and talk about Dundee when I shouldn't be, but we have won. Uh, talk about Rangers instead. But we, <laughs> in the last five seasons since we've been promoted, we have won 24 games at home. If you bought a season ticket every year, you spent £1,800. That's the equivalent of spending about. £75 per home win. <laughs> that is fucking ludicrous. Yep. Worked out last night. Had to pour myself a stiff drink. 
Um, and it doesn't help to bring it back on point when you have uh, Jordan Jones running at your defence and they're doing that horrific backtracking thing where you just know they're going to trip. And fall. Yeah, he has he has a tendency to, or the capability at least, to make a fullback do a kind of dancing or go around mm-hmm. in circles and his body shape is like, you're tied up in knots, mate. You're yeah. gone. Yeah. He really, it was the first day of the season, wasn't it, where he absolutely victimised Aaron Comrie. Yeah. He just yeah. <laughs> felt sorry for him. <laughs> Uh, it's like the Simpsons uh, meme stop stop he's already dead Uh, right my number 6 is Gary Mackay Stephen I actually think Mackay Stephen was a really in great formula in the season he he was not only being the the winger that we kind of knew him as he was also kind of developing a a more of a ruthless streak I thought and he wasn't just kind of being a bit of a you know for lack of a better term a fancy Dan on the wing I think Mm. he he was Getting to the point a bit quicker, uh, and he only you say only four league goals, but I think he scored you know scored in the cups as well. Might have meant that, uh, but it seemed like he was adding more goals to his game. <laughs> yeah, he's, he have, I think he's, he's on seven for the season. Right, yeah, and I think he has just been he's been derailed by three things. You, you mentioned two of them: the, the head knock against Celtic it took him a while to come back for that. He has also had calf problems since then. He's not played well in the games he's played, but I think he's been unable to build momentum. And also, I wonder if his future this summer is kind of hanging over him a bit and maybe throwing him off stride because it's maybe not in terms of Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones knows what his future is. And maybe having one eye on that, but in terms of Mackay Stephen, he's got a decision to kind of weigh up, and I think that's a little bit more forgivable. Yeah, that's that, 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 that's fair enough, uh, especially when it's, it's... what's happening. No, that's fine. I'm not going to stop it because I'm doing editing it. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Move on. Okay. You're, you're number six, have you said yours? No, mine's Mike Kennedy. Right, okay. I'm a big fan of him. Again, we had, like, a, we, had this, we had this discussion off uh, off air whether he's a forward. We've had it on air so as well. Whether he's a forward or a, or a winger. Through his career, he's had a history of being a winger. I think he's done I think he's done good work in the centre and like Gary said, when he tore Horsewood to pieces, Fantastic on left hand side. His numbers are really good. He's a, he's a consistent goal threat. Again, similar to Jordan Jones, when he's running at you, you're scared that something's something's about happening. When he's doing it against your team or he's doing it to uh to a fullback. So, yeah, happy with my number six. Cool. Number five. My number five is I don't know if it's fair to call him the forgotten man at Rangers, but he's not been in the news as much as he perhaps was last season. Daniel Candias. He's my number five as well. Yeah. Excellent. A lot of a lot of attention this season has obviously been on Alfredo Morelos up mm-hmm. top. Uh, Ryan Kent has quite rightly got plaudits as well, but Daniel Candias has been there quietly plugging away, still doing his thing. I think he's a very classy winger. Um, I think often you get wingers who are battering rams or very inconsistent, but with Candias you get a sort of I don't know some sort of reassuring feeling if you're a Rangers fan, I assume, uh, when you see him on the team sheet because you know that he's uh, going to be. Out there on the right, putting in good crosses, uh, working well with Tavernier. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about Candace, but I'm going to be a bit more negative. Uh, when I first made this list, I actually had them below Gary McKay, Stephen, but I moved them up uh, when I done my reshuffle to fit in Boyle because I thought uh, it's always hard to kind of judge a player when they're not playing for the Rangers or Celtic just because the, the amount of attention that's on them. Mm. Uh, Gary McKay Stephen did not handle that well at Celtic, whereas Candace has handled it a lot better at Rangers. So I then thought, okay, I should probably put Candace above him. 
And I easily could have put him in at number four, but I kind of wanted to make a point by not doing that because I think it would be easy to put him in at number four and say that the three guys above him are easily the best wingers in the league and Candace is just outside of that. And I don't think he is because I disagree with you, Gary. I don't think you can expect good crosses from Daniel Candace. You could probably expect one or two a game because he takes so many of them, but he's not a particularly accurate crosser. He's got better this season than he was last year, uh, but last year he was pretty poor. I think he was around about 20%, which is really quite bad. Uh, like you're looking at getting close to 40 if you're, if you're a really good crosser. The world. I looked at it, he's, he's in the top 30 this season, but he's... 31 I think 31% yeah so he's got, he's got better but he's still not he's still not great at that side and I think he just he for me sums up the Rangers attack often and that he really does lack composure in the final third and in terms of crossing in terms of his decision making and in terms of shooting I think he is a good player the defensive work that he does really helps out Tavernier I think he's made Tavernier a much better player at right back that's why he's number 5 in my list uh, and I do think he is a good player in the overall of the Scottish Premiership I don't believe he's a player that can start every week if Rangers want to win the title and leapfrog above Celtic I, I mean, I'll touch on him now because I've got him as number 4 big fan of him I think this season his relationship with Tavernier has become even better I think Tavernier's got, they've got more of Tavernier in an attacking sense this season because the way that Gerrard has played in 4 3 Because of Andrew Dallas. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's, <laughs> that's very much up. <laughs> but with Candace, he takes up rather than. Because it was a curious one last season where Candace would still be wide and Tavernier, so they'd just have two wide, like effectively two wingers. Candace has changed up his position a bit more. He can play central, uh, which you've seen when they've gone out with 10 men. He's quite a, quite a smart player, but I do agree with you that. I think he's a very, very good squad player for Rangers next yeah, yeah. season. Whether they, uh, whether he's the, because you, you, again, with Rangers, you have to compare them to, it's just naturally to compare them to Celtic. When you compare him and James Forrest, it's, it's, it's night and day. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. My number five is Daryl Horgan. I am unsure of the criticism Hibs fans, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I can't see what Hibs fans see, or certainly some of them see, that makes him want to doubt his quality. I think he's. I think they're on board now. I think uh, it wasn't just the derby. I think they were coming around before then. Ever since Heckenbottom came in, he's been yeah. a bit better. I think we mentioned it before, but Heckenbottom was keen to sign him when he was Barnsley manager. So I think Horgan must have been delighted when he came in and he's been played out in the wing. Because I think that's maybe where Hibs fans were frustrated because they didn't know his best position because Lennon kept on changing it with his positional tombola, which doesn't help any player, but even more so a winger and even more so a new signing yeah. which Horgan's been again I don't want to repeat off ground you mentioned about his, his quick feet he is he's a threat great crosser of the ball can put a spot a pass he's a player that can go outside come inside and he's quite good vision as well which just helps he has played as a number 10 so I think Hibs have got a, a very good player in their hands and I expect him to be a key player next season when I mean, you think Potential of him and having him on one wing, Martin Boyle on another. So number four, we've already discussed him quite a bit, but I have Burke at number four um, because if I said to you, Craig is your favourite on this show. Yep, and just slightly terrified of him <laughs> hunting me down with statistics and proving me wrong. But if I said to you, who is the best winger outside of Celtic and Rangers? I mean, it's Chris Burke. Okay. Which is why he's number four. Right. Uh, which gives not away... mine. <laughs> no, he's not yours. Yours is mine's is Martin Boyle. Yeah. 
Big fan of Martin Boyle. Yep, that's why you left him off the original one. Yeah, it's well out of sight and mind, you know what happens. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's just he's absolutely terrifying pace. I'm maybe a bit biased in terms of this because Martin Boyle's a player that scares me the most because I care more about derby games. Mm-hmm. When Martin Boyle gets the ball and runs at a heart's defender. Especially Sir Rose. He is. Especially, tor- he's tormented a few. Yeah. Lennon Soa. Kevin McHay. Yeah. Lennon Soa should still be waking up in the middle of the night screaming. Yeah, and I hope he fucking is. <laughs> uh, he's just, uh, you got to love a winger who just, when he gets the ball, he just absolutely tears at, at the opposing defence. He can, like Joel mentioned earlier, playing in the centre didn't really work for him earlier in the season, but he can play as a forward yeah, as well. Can, yeah. uh, and he can score goals. He maybe lacks a little bit of composure in the final third, but he's just, yeah, he's, I mean, like I say, if I was maybe being, Slightly unbiased, I'd maybe have him below Candace, but I wanted to, one, I wanted to punish Candace, two, I'm not as scared of Candace as I'm of Boyle. Especially if he finds out you forgot all about him. Yeah, next Derby game, which will be, no, wait, next season. Yeah. <laughs> next season's Derby. Right, Joel, your number four, you mentioned Candace. Right, so we're done to the top three. I think we're going to have these all in the same position. I think, well, sorry, me and you have got them in the same order, Gary. I have so who's your sl- number three? I do have a slightly different order, but the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking this is on the bias of the last few seasons. So I have Kent at three mm-hmm. and Sinclair at two. It was close, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I did think about having uh, Sinclair number two uh, because I did say recently that I still think he's still, I think he is still the best left winger in the league. I think mm-hmm. he certainly can be the most destructive on any given day. But I think so is, he the, is, he, is he the most talented in? Scotland probably for pure talent yeah. yeah but I think Ryan Kent has a little bit more strings to his bow uh, in terms of his overall kind of playmaking ability about the final third whereas I think Sinclair you know what you're kind of going to get you're going to yeah. run at a player you're going to cut inside and, and shoot his right foot and honestly it wasn't close for me my one and two were right okay. were, were set, in, set in stone Kent's more important to Rangers the more influential to Rangers yeah, again, then on the other hand, Sinclair's his numbers are still incredible. Yes. Despite... Is it 17 goals? 16 or 17? It's nine goals in the league and three yeah. assists as opposed to six of each for Kent in fewer games. Yeah, well, it's fairly even. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly even, but I think, I think overall, with Sinclair in other games, I think it's, he's just pushed to like 17 goals. He's, he's a constant... Sinclair's a constant threat and when... I can understand the doubts from Celtic fans, but there's games where they're they're struggling and you put them on, defenders just get scared. Kent has, like I said, just been really influential to Rangers. I like He's really exciting. I like the way he drifts in field, just constantly wants to dribble, can play those reverse passes. I don't really agree with the price they've set on him in a Scottish context sense, but a premiership sense, I can kind of understand it. The only other thing I'd say, and I think now I would go back and switch the two of them because Sinclair is, I think he's the oldest player on my list. I think Chris Can- Park will be older. So he Chris Park's yeah. Seth Yeah, and I think actually Candace might be slightly older as well. Yes. I think Candace is 31 this year. And Sinclair's about to turn 30. But the point yeah, I was he's he's make- already turned 31, yeah. Candace. Um, but the point I was going to make is that obviously uh, Kent's got another decade or so. That should be coming to your thinking though, it's right now. I know it's right now, but I think once I put that into it as well, I can't help but just 
Look ahead. You can't help but defy I, the rules, Gary. I, I don't want to be yes to this, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, so yeah, so my three is Sinclair, two is Ryan Ken. We'll just get to number one. Yep. So we'll say it on three. Yep. One, two, three. Jake Mulroney. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do the same, man. I knew you'd do it, so. <laughs> I don't want to it. Yeah, of course it's James Forrest. Mm-hmm. I think if you'd said to me a couple of years ago, James Forrest will be linked with Liverpool and it will be a genuine link, I'd have thought somebody was making a shite, hey, he looks so young, he could be a ball boy joke. But he has actually been, or I think it was last season he was getting linked with Liverpool more than this season. But he... I still think that's a bit wild. But Ryan Fraser's getting linked with Arsenal. I think the thing about James Forrest, and we've talked about James Forrest in these lists every single year since we've done them, mm-hmm. and the thing about him is that he lacked a final ball for a lot of that. He no longer does. He's a, he's a better crosser, yeah. he is a better finisher, he plays a bit more centrally quite often, he, he's good at getting close to the striker, Good. Uh, he's very, as I've mentioned so many times in this podcast, he's a really, really good defender for a winger, and he can play wing-back, and yeah, he's still... Still, this game's always a bit too quiet. I think that's the only thing you would say. Like, he's not, he's maybe not quite a Chris Burke in terms of always contributing to a team. Mm. Uh, even in the League Cup final, I think he got man of the match, but I don't think he was that good. Um, but he came up with the big moment. Yeah, he did come up with the big moment. I think, again, that's, that's something that was fleeting early on in his career. Now, it's consistent. You expect him when mm. it matters to turn up. I think it's cup finals against Rangers. You, Scotland games. Scotland games. I mean, he kept McLeish on a job for a bit yeah. longer, so maybe punish him <laughs> for that. <laughs> you, you, you expect him to do well. I, there's nothing really I can add to to what Felder said. I really like him. I'm, I'm a massive fan, and I, I like the fact I know he was written off a few years ago, certainly by Scotland fans because he was so poor. But mm-hmm. written off a couple of times by Celtic fans. But there's it? always there's obviously always been a player there in terms of the. The physical attributes he has, I think the the natural talent just had to be encouraged out or kind of coaxed out of him, which it has under Brendan Rodgers, and it's really taken him to a new level. I would uh, don't want Celtic fans accusing me. You just want to see our best players leave, so we get uh, get worse. But I would really like to see him down uh, try his hand down in the Premiership. Be really interesting to see what we're about. I'm still unsure. I don't yeah. just don't agree with the the, the, the links to Liverpool, but I'm unsure where he fits into the Premiership in, in England, whether he's maybe Everton level or Leicester level or slightly kind of bottom... Oh, Leicester level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's bottom, bottom 10. But in Scotland, he is one of the top three players. I mean, you talk about Sinclair's talent, but Forrest as a rounded footballer is yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And we always appreciate the fact it looks... He always... His running style looks like he's left his coat hanger in his shop. Again, maybe that's just... It, it's like his shoulders are just double-jointed. <laughs> As if he's about to... Um, wings are about to spread out his back. <laughs> and he's also finally learned how to score against Rangers. Yeah. Was, which he... I think his little brother, who is at Air United, scored against Rangers before he did. Ah, uh, because he scored in the in cup the, game with a gun. Yeah, eventually got pumped. Alan, Alan Forrest. Yeah. He doesn't have a neck either. Right, that's uh, everything. If you'd like to hear more from us, please join us on the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. And make sure to watch the telly show, 11, as Joe mentioned earlier, 11 o'clock, Friday night, BBC Scotland Channel. Thank you, Gary. Goodbye.
Joe. Cheers. Have for the weekend. We enjoy your football. I won't. Yeah, we know that. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.